I've been dreaming of a city far beyond the sky when the suffering's over get my wings and fly when Jesus said lovely 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 music by sweet symphony uh, dreaming of a city I've been dreaming of a city far beyond the sky there's a quote where Ellen White says that we should all dedicate an hour of our day just thinking about heaven she says that when we do that we are likely to be able to keep our thoughts on things above and it will significantly improve our spiritual life good evening friends happy Thursday Welcome to the Whole Duty of Men podcast and this is Work It Out. I am your host, Fiona. It's way too cold for my liking. I have concluded that I'm not a winter person. <laughs> I, I prefer summer, honestly, because winter is just, it's just too much for me. Um, I'm always feeling cold and... When I feel cold, I don't feel like doing anything, so there's a lot of procrastination going on for me during winter. But I know that some people uh, do love winter and prefer it over summer, you know. Uh, I hope you guys are well. I hope this finds you well. Feel free to, you know, share your thoughts, chat with us, um, advise us encourage us share your ideas share the kind of topics and concepts we'd like to hear being discussed on the show we welcome all of that you can dm either of us or you can comment on the group uh, last week we looked at an intergenerational affair part one and we promised you that there'll be a part two malachi chapter four Verses 5 and 6. Behold, I will send to you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Remember that this was our key text from the, our previous show, An Intergenerational Affair, Part 1. So we continue with this text, I believe. Uh, it was said that our focus will be more on verse 6. As we continue to look at uh, this a prophet that was promised to come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord and the function of this this, this prophet, what he is to do and probably how he or she is to execute that. We have Uncle Blue in studio tonight ready to carry on where he left off. Uh, please sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Work It Out with Fion. We are going to continue with what we covered last week. Um, we did cover uh, the Elijah, who Elijah is, um, the Old Testament, that prophet who called the prophets of Baal uh, upon Mount Carmel. And there, there was a contest, a showdown. Um, that's so Yahweh or Jehovah being victorious, vindicate himself as the only God 
the true God. So what you already know about Elijah is that he called people to a message, um, or rather to a worship of the true God. His message was that people should worship the true God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. So that's what we learned about Elijah. And then we also went on to look at the New Testament where Christ um, mentioned the New Testament rather where Christ says that John the Baptist was is the Elijah who which was for to come. And uh, John the Baptist was teaching that Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And um, he also uh, taught people to prepare the way for the Lord, to repent and prepare the way for the Lord. So what we see there is a part of the Elijah message is that it caused people to be ready to meet the Lord and it teaches the essence or basically the importance of uh, Christ's ministry um, here on earth uh, and by extension also in heaven. So that's what we saw about the message of Elijah. And then um, we read uh, from the book of Malachi um, that this Elijah should come before the dreadful day of the Lord. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I want us to just read a few verses from that. The book of Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4. Uh, just a few words from the verse rather because there are only two verses. It says that, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That is what we see in verse 5. And we read also in the book of Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, uh, verse 31, Joel chapter 2, verse 31. Um, it tells us something about the day of the Lord. Uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 31 says, I'll take it from verse from verse 29 or that 28. Okay. Um, 20, verse 30 says, I'll take it from verse 30. And I'll show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. So verse 31 tells us that before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes, there shall be these things, um, the sun being turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that day. And I want us also to look at Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6 also has something similar. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, here in chapter 6 is talking about the seals. Um, the opening of the seals and in verse 12 it says and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal a low there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as a, of, as a cloth of hair and the moon became as blood verse 18 and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Verse 14. And the heaven departed as a scroll and is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Verse 15. And the kings of the earth and the great men, the rich men, and the chief captains and the mighty men, and every bond man and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. 
For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So what we see is that certain things happened before the coming of Jesus, as we read it in Revelation chapter 6. The sun becomes dark as a cloth of hair, the moon becomes red, and there's another detail that, that is added. There is a great earthquake um, that precedes that, actually, and there's also the stars falling from heaven, and uh, their fall is described as a fig tree casting her untimely figs. This is very, very interesting um, history. And when you read in history, when you go back in history, you will realize that it was in May 19, 1780, that the dark day happened. It says that uh, in the book of the controversy, page 38, since the time of Moses, no period of darkness of equal density, extent and duration has ever been recorded. The description of this event, as given by eyewitnesses, is but an echo of the words of the Lord, recorded by the prophet Jewel 2,500 years previous to their fulfillment. So, this happened in 1780, May 19, and the falling of the stars, it happened in November 1833. November 1833, that is when the stars fell. And there was this phenomenal uh, meteor shower that has never happened before in that uh, degree. And those who described it said that it was like a fig tree being shaken of a mighty wind and the figs falling from that fig tree. And this is very language that the book of Revelation uses. So here we see that this Elijah then must come between the events that are spoken of in Joel chapter 2 verse 31 and Revelation chapter 6 and before the coming of the Lord, which is called the great and dreadful day of the Lord. The same is described in Revelation chapter 6. And this Elijah must have a message. And this message, it basically connects two generations. Or it spans generations. It connects the fathers to the children and the children to the, to the fathers. What is this talking about? I want us to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 12, to get an idea. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, John sees a sign, a symbol, and symbols, they are to be interpreted. What is the symbol that he sees? In verse 1, he sees a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and she has upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Now, this is talking about God's people, talking about the nation of Israel, God's own denominated people. And when you go to verse 17, it talks about the remnant of the woman's seed. A remnant has the same characteristics as those who came before them. I want to give an example with bread. When I eat bread and then I leave some bread crumbs or just a little bit of it, that's the remnant of the bread that I ate. The same nutrition, the same ingredients that are found in the bread 
or in those breadcrumbs and the remnant of the bread that I ate are the same as the ones that I have ingested. So, when you look back to God's undenuated people in the past, as we saw in, with Elijah, he called people to worship the true God. As we saw with John the Baptist, he called people to prepare for the coming of the Lord. He, he called people to repent. He called people um, to the attention of the minister of Jesus Christ. So this Elijah then must do the same thing. And this Elijah must prepare people for the second coming of Christ. I want to read a few statements. Um, it says in volume 4, of the SDA Bible Commentary, page 1184. In this age, just prior to the second coming of Christ in the clouds of heaven, God calls for men who will prepare a people to stand in the great day of the Lord. Just such a work as that which John did is to be carried on in these last days. The message preceding the public minister of Christ was repent, publicans and sinners. Repent, Pharisees and Sadducees, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Our message is not one of peace and safety. As a people who believe in Christ's soon appearing, we have a definite message to bear. Prepare to meet thy God. Close quote. So here we are told by the servant of the Lord that we have a message that in principle is the same as that of John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have to call a people to prepare to meet their God. And we also read in the same Bible commentary volume 4, page 1148, paragraph, one, paragraph 7 says, our message, our message must be as direct as that of John. He rebuked kings for their iniquity. Notwithstanding the peril his life was in, he never allowed truth to languish on his lips. Our work in this age must be as faithfully done. We are called again and again to preach like John, who Christ said that he was the Elijah for to come. And we also read, we were afraid so far from Malachi that there is this Elijah who should come at a certain period in this earth's history. After the dark day of 1780 and before the second coming of Christ. And in our previous episode, we did discover that John the Baptist was killed way, way before 1780. Elijah was taken to heaven way, way, way before 1780. So this is talking about a movement of people, a group of people who will exist in these last days to prepare a people for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that message is, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And not only that, but they call people to worship the true God. They tell people of the ministry of Christ what Christ is doing. They point people to Jesus. That is their message. And where is this message found? It's found in the book of Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 to verse 12. We see a record of three angels' messages. 
Verse 7, the first angel's message. This is the message that goes to every nation, to every kindred or family, to every tongue or language and people. He says, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. So we see that it is a message that calls people to worship God, to fear him, to keep his commandments, to give glory to him. The Bible tells us that whatever you eat, whatever you drink, or in whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So it calls people to the obedience of God's principles. And also tells people of the hour of his judgment. So Christ is doing the work of judgment right now. That is his ministry. So it calls people, this movement calls people to be aware of what is going on in heaven. There is a judgment that is going on. And what should people do? They should worship him that made heaven and earth. The sea and the fountains of waters. Why is this important? The book of James chapter 2, verse 12 tells us that we are judged by the law of liberty. So speak ye, and so do ye, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So our obedience, our worship, will tell whether we stand on the right side of judgment or we are on the receiving end of the judgment. And verse 8 of Revelation 14 says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of wrath of her fornication. So it, unless people of the fall of Babylon and gives reasons for the fall of Babylon, she makes nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And then the third angel in verse 9. It's another warning. If any man worship the beast and his image, so this movement must be able to identify who the beast is and the image of the beast. And receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. They should also know what the mark of the beast is. The same shall drink of the wine of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. This is a message that warns people that if you worship or if you worship anything else or anyone else except God, this is what is going to happen to you. God's wrath will be poured upon you. And this is the everlasting gospel. The gospel calls people to worship God. It calls people to give glory to Him. It warns people of the false system of worship that is out there, the fallen system of worship. And also... That's even more than that. It warns them that if you associate with that false system of worship, if you continue that false system of worship, God's judgment is awaiting you. That is the message of Elijah. I want to read the last statement. This is from the Southern Watchman, March 21, 1905. In this time of one lie, universal apostasy, God calls upon his messengers to proclaim his law in the spirit and power of Elias or Elijah. As John the Baptist in preparing people and preparing a people for Christ's first advent, call their attention to the Ten Commandments so we are to give with no uncertain sound the message, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. With the earnestness that characterized Elijah the prophet and John the Baptist, we are to strive to prepare the way for Christ's second advent. Friends, we are the final Elijah. And we are to bring a message 
that was preached by Elijah, that was preached by John the Baptist, into our own time. We are to bring that message into our lives because the same God who was there during the time of Elijah, who was there during the time of John the Baptist, is the same God that we should worship today. May God help you to do your God-given duty as the final Elijah, to preach this message that spans generation, that transcends culture, that transcends all generations. This is my hope. This is my prayer for you and for myself. Amen. May you be blessed.